Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Well, hey love, what's the story? Ah, there you are now. What's the crack? Tell me this and tell me no more. Oh, stop waiting, I tell you. I have a bone to pick with you. I'm doing a line with her. Relax the cacks. I'm not going to lie, like... It's ballsy. We ever get Well, hello there, all my lovelies. How are you getting on? Welcome back to the Tis Yourself podcast with me, Nicola Barden, presenter, editor, all around Egypt on this little podcast. And this is episode three of season four. And I'm very, very happy to have you here today, whether it is you taking me on a walk and trying your best not to fall on the ice or you're going for a drive because you have to get out of the house because you've just been bored silly being kept inside for the last few days or you're lying on the couch and you're like listen I can't watch any more Netflix I'm just going to listen to a podcast well whatever it is whatever brought you here thanks a million and thank you so so much for pressing play today so today's guest is my first female guest of the season. So that we started off, we had Rob Mascio, who played the Todd and Scrubs. And in my last episode, we had Irish Olympian boxer Wayne McCullough. So today we're mixing things up completely differently. We've had sports star, we've had an actor. Today we're having a comedian. And my lovely guest is the wonderfully talented, hilarious, fabulous Miss Emma Doran. And... Emma, if you've been to see Joanne McNally in Vicker Street, um, you probably have seen Emma's doing her stand-up. Uh, she was supporting Joanne when Garode wasn't there. So that's how I first saw her doing stand-up anyways. Um, I think we've all seen her. It's mad, isn't it? Yeah, video that she sketched video she did during lockdown which was gas and basically summed up everything that we all said to each other during lockdown which just is mad to think that, that was our lives for a couple of years but obviously it was and um, sketches and comedians online basically kept us laughing at a time when we really needed to laugh and now of course Emma is going is doing her own stuff now she has her own Vicar Street day coming up next year and her own tour but also is she is on Celeb Fittest Family this year. So I love Fittest Family, Ireland's Fittest Family. It's gas, simply because I'm a lazy fecker and I love lying on the couch and being like, oh my God, yeah, that looks fancy. Yeah, I could probably do that. No one full weathers, no possible way I could do it. And don't anyone ever ask me to go on it because I'd die. And then the celeb version is like, you know, you get four celebrities, it's all for charity. They bring their families along and you know their families are like, why is this the show that you wanted me to go on? Like, why couldn't it have been Family Fortunes? You know, something like that. Now I have to work out and be working out on the telly. Jesus, no. So uh, this year she is in one of the celebrities doing it. Uh, Tyg Fleming is doing it with his family. Obviously, um, you know, you'll know him from the Bat video. And who else is on it? Uh, Glenda Gilson's on it and Blonda Tracy are on it as well. So um, that'll be really funny to see. Emma really... We had a laugh about it. You'll hear at the end. We had a great laugh about um, how she got on, but also she did for a very special reason, which I let Emma fill you in on. Um, something that really meant a lot to her, and she had to do it at a very, very hard time in her life. So, 
there's going to be some episodes, some points this is going to be hilarious there's going to be some sad points but um, it's not the great range of great guests so I really hope you enjoy this and if you do please follow the podcast or rate or review or anything like that if you could do one of those things today that'd be really really sound anyway I hope you enjoy this it'll be the last episode before 2023 so this is the last episode before Christmas the last episode before 2023 so yeah just sit back and enjoy Hey Emma. Hey, how's it going? How are you? I'm good. What's the crack? Like most people, I came across you during lockdown, but yeah. you actually had been gigging for a very long time before that, I believe. Yeah, so I started gigging about, it's it's actually, it's nearly 10 years ago when I did my first gig. So I was on maternity leave uh, with my son. So um, there's like a 10 year gap between him and my daughter. So basically I had my daughter when I was a teenager and then, uh, you know, did college, blah, 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 met my lovely partner and we, you know, moved in together, blah, and we were starting a family. And I kind of went, oh, my God, like Ella's 10 and here I am having another kid. I was like, I was like, life just goes so quickly. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, kind of doing like admin jobs and stuff. And I'd always um, I'd gone in and out of creative stuff or like when I had Ella and I was a single parent, I would have done some like production assistant stuff. Even though, like, I really wanted to be in front of the camera, I thought, like, Jesus, like, Jesus, you couldn't say that. I'll just go behind the camera and then somebody will, like, spot. <laughs> <laughs> like a model scout. <laughs> I was like, you don't think, I was like, you can't go around saying you want to be in front of the camera. I was just like, Scarlet. So, anyway, when I was on maternity leave with Joe, I said, uh, I'd done some sketches and stuff, and a producer uh, chap had seen them. I, I think I sent him like a show reel or something, but it was kind of funny. And he was like, You should totally do sketches. And I was just like, well, Okay. Mm-hmm. I was like, trying to get rid of me. But we actually got, me and my mates, we got an audition for a show. Um, they used to do like these kind of one off, well, they actually still do, but they do them with like big stars now. But they used to do like these one off shows around Christmas time in Orchie. And they were doing some, of course, prank, <laughs> doing excessive prank shows. It's a prank show. And I went for the audition and I got it, but um, I hid the fact that I was pregnant very well. And I was like, they were like, oh, we're filming whenever in May. And I was like, I'm actually due a baby that day. But I, obviously I got the I got the bug then. I was like, God, it is kind of maybe attainable. And he said to me, he was like, you should do stand up. So then when I had Joe and I went on maternity leave, that was kind of like one of the first things I started doing. Mm. Uh, basically, like as, <laughs> as soon as the maternity pad was off, I was like, yeah, I'm going to give that a whirl. <laughs> I thought it was kind of like some sort of weird postnatal uh, mania or something. Mm. But, um, yeah, I'm so glad I did that. And I just uh, basically Googled online open mic nights and I thought it was going to be like eight mile. You know, like that's what I thought because you always hear these stories about like stand up and hecklers and yeah, all this kind of stuff. And I think it's one thing to be like, well, I definitely thought at the time it's one thing to like kind of be the funny mate or like you know the kind of funny girl in the class. But I was like, God, that's real uh, to stand up on stage and now you're claiming to like a room full of strangers that you're funny. I was like, that's a bit far fetched. So I was definitely proper uh, shitting it. 
but I went the week before I, I signed up anyway and I went the week before and I was like oh this is actually grand because there was like a, new people like dying on their hull but the audience are very nice because you only have like a, a, sev- a seven minute slot mm. so I was like oh I can definitely do this so I went the following week and uh, like I probably turned up two hours early and like saying to the fireman like I'm here to make my dreams come true and he's just like yeah what the fuck <laughs> oh god <laughs> What having said that, when I did it at the start, I didn't uh, see it as like a career possible. I definitely saw it as maybe like something I could do on the side. Mm. But I didn't think about it. It was just really like something. I I think I just wanted to do something creative yeah. and something funny. And I think stand up comedy is a great way to kind of do that if you're that way inclined. Because with with acting and um you know like scripting and stuff you kind of have to have more credentials really or to really like know really cool like you know yeah or whatever and I had uh, neither so I thought stand-up would be a good way to go but then I just I totally fell in love with stand-up and I just kept doing it and then gradually it kind of turned into a thing but I would say like the traditional route of like say going to stand up it does take a long time because at the start you only get like very short sets you don't get paid for a very long time um and then to like kind of keep turning over material but uh keep doing a good job at club so other people book you and stand up is a, a slow one and it was great when people like discovered me uh during lockdown because it was basically, I know I still had a job, but like I just had more time mm-hmm. at home. So like once I kind of, I was a copywriter at the time. So once like I could have written my ads for that morning, like, I mean, there's not much else I can do. So I would just start doing sketches. And I had done some sketches before, but I'd fall in, in and out of love with it. And then I think as well, I was um, like everyone, we were all just online more. Mm-hmm. I think it was really nice as well for it was a way for people to connect with people that they weren't seeing during lockdown so I used to love and like obviously I still see it now but like when people tag friends and like oh this is so you or this you know remember mm-hmm. 2004 or whatever I love seeing comments like that because I think oh that's a really nice way for people to connect with each other um, I know that probably sounds a bit cheesy or whatever but um yeah, so, um, yeah, long story short. Yeah, well, I think it's great to do the traditional way in a way because if you had only done the sketches, like there's a lot of comedians that came up um, that hadn't, hadn't done stand-up before they became known during lockdown. And then you must be shitting your pants to go out and do stand-up because you're literally like, I've been talking to a camera and it's maybe, you know, you put it out into the world, but you don't see, you only see the likes and the, the comments, but you don't have to stand up on a stage and then try to be funny. It's very different, two very different funnies. Yes, yeah, they are. They are different funnies, but I would say like people who I um, like everyone else met during lockdown, like um, Killian Sunderland, uh, Shane. Well, no, I did know. I did know Shane before, but you know, like he obviously loads. Uh, we became aware of them. Killian hmm. has Killian has a band, so he kind of been on stage, and then like Shane, he came from theatre and then had done stand up before lockdown and then you know lots of people only came aware of them during lockdown so even the people I know online there's very few that that's all they do 
you know, like then you kind of hear like, oh, they do stand up or they do whatever. But um, yeah, it's definitely a different thing. Like uh, I'd say with on it, like, it, yeah, making somebody laugh at their phone is different to making people laugh in a room. Mm-hmm. And um, like sometimes, you know, when I see someone's like they do like the cry emojis, Obviously, I'm thankful, but like sometimes I want to kind of leap into the phone and say, like, no, but are you actually crying with laughter? <laughs> mildly amused. I'm going to try. I'm going to try an element of this on stage. So I kind of need to know. So, yeah, it's, the actual live setting is different. Mm. Just stuff you can do on the stage that you can't do in videos and, you know, and vice versa. But they, do, they definitely complement each other. I would say most people who I've seen do funny stuff on online can do funny stuff on stage. The only thing is that they might just have the back catalogue of like material. Mm-hmm. So they, yeah, they might be, uh, say, a bit more uh, nervous or whatever. Like, because I kind of, I was talking to somebody there, or maybe it was Sean Burke, who like does um, do uh stand up as well and like definitely did before lockdown but i say to him like i kind of uh love um there's something i love about like a really shit gig where nobody knows who i am and like the audience are in really bad form and it's going i know it's going terribly because i feel like it's like a challenge to like you know win them over and um it's kind of like it's almost like a one night thing, you know, like where mm. there could be people that they're, you know, and um, they took a, a midweek break to Dublin or whatever, like, oh, let's go to Dublin. And then they end up in this comedy club in some bar and they've no idea where any of the people are. And I, I actually still enjoy those gigs. Like I find it very hard to say no to gigs that I probably should say no to. Like I'm probably like, you don't maybe need to do that gig anymore, but I just... I, I love it like I really do I used, there used to be this gig I won't name names but it doesn't go anymore but it was horrific and it would just go on all night and whatever but it was a great it really trained me in like crowd work mm. and you know because it, w- it was a kind of gig where you'd have to like do a lot of crowd work because people would be like literally, <laughs> literally reading a book or something oh god <laughs> That was one of them. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it is a form, it's probably a form of self-harm, like, let's be fair, but, um, yeah, no, I, I, uh, they're, they're definitely, yeah, they're definitely different, but I think most people I know now who came through their phones are going and doing it on stage and, um, they're definitely, it's not like, like Killian Sunderman and Michael Fry were doing a show together and I went to see it in Dublin Fringe and they, it's like a proper show. Mm. Like they're kind of just standing up there and, um, you know, regaling us with like previous sketches they've done or whatever. Yeah. Uh, proper show. So I'm like, yeah, fair play to them. Well, when you said earlier, like that you uh, would have been nervous telling anyone about that you wanted to be in front of a camera, I would rather tell people that than tell them I think I'm funny because I think that is where people go, right then, off you go. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I would never have called, I would never have um, described myself as being funny. Hmm. Like I would have known that I was funny, but I think like most funny people, you probably come from like a funny family. So I had like older brothers. So I was never going to be saying, because as far as I'm concerned, they're much funnier than me. Mm-hmm. And like my cousins, the Daltons, they're all much funnier than me. Um, 
so yeah and I remember actually I remember when I I don't know what age I was I must have been kind of I must have had something in my head I'd say it was probably like maybe 14 or 15 and I remember a cousin of mine saying like it was just people were just chatting and he said oh like it's one thing to be funny like you know down the pub with your mates but like to take it on stage that's a different thing and that's locked in my brain as a like you know if you were ever going to try to be funny on stage like you matter if I'm going to be funny or whatever so um yeah, I think it's a big thing to say that you're funny. Yeah, it's terrifying because it, you could say, I'm, um, I think I'm a good actor and no one's going to say, re- recite Macbeth there for me or do a full performance. But the minute yeah. you say the word funny, because as well, everyone has a different sense of humour. So they're all going, go on, perform, off you go. And you're like, well, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and then I, I have this thing of like, uh, like say if you went to a gym class with me or something I'm not going to be the funny one in the room because I'm dying on the mat yeah the funny people around. and then I'm like oh are people going to be like oh my god she's she's a fucking comedian she wasn't right <laughs> then I feel like I have my outlet so no I am funny in day to day life but <laughs> definitely not I'm an observer you know I'm I'm more I, I'm not um I'm sure people I went to school with now my mates would say otherwise, but I wouldn't see myself as like a, a loud person. I'm mm-hmm. outgoing, but when I go into group situations, I'm definitely like I hold back, and I probably am subconsciously. Well, I suppose down the line it'll probably end up being material, but I'm just my natural thing would be just to like watch people. So most of the time, like say when I was in school, I would have started out as very quiet, mm-hmm. and I, I had. <laughs> Just trying to do a fucking therapy session. I had delayed speech as a kid. So I d- it was a thing like that I didn't, you know, and I was aware of it. So I didn't really like, I wouldn't have been like a loud person in class. Mm. Then gradually I got louder, but I always kind of wait and see what the source of the, like the land is or whatever. Like back, I remember back in the day when I was watching um, Big Brother, I'd be thinking to myself, I'd be like, oh, I'd be terrible on Big Brother. Do you know what I mean? Because I'd probably sit there for the first week just watching everybody and people were just like, she does fuck all. Yeah. <laughs> and then they give you the drink and suddenly it's like, hey, I'm, I'm ready yeah. to make my observations now. <laughs> yeah, but I don't, I don't mind. Yeah, I don't mind um, claiming or, you know, saying that I'm funny now. But it even would have t- taken me, I would have even been doing stand-up for a good long time before I put like comedian on my social media. Mm-hmm. Even though, like, say I would have been talking about I'm doing this gig or that gig or whatever, I, I then felt, I was like, well, I'm doing stand-up, but I didn't feel like I can say I'm a comedian yet. Yeah, and they're probably you probably should be more just, like, you know, say it and fucking whatever. You know, you, prob- you probably should, but I don't know. I- well, I suppose you were working another job at the same time, so maybe you kind of felt that it wasn't you know, you weren't committing to it fully or if you did commit to it fully, then it really becomes real, I suppose, in a way. Yeah. And I think as well, when you, you shout about it, like, I, like now, obviously I'm like, if I'm doing like a bigger show, obviously I want everyone to come. Mm -hmm. I don't care who, like, do you know what I mean? If Margaret down the road wants to come and she's in her eighties, I'm like, I don't know if she's going to enjoy it, but yeah, I'm going to say, come. Come on, Margaret. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say defo. You can get a lift with me on the way, absolutely. But like back in the day or smaller gigs, I didn't necessarily want people there. 
Like, because that's the first thing people say when they find out that you do stand up when you start. They're like, oh, we must come and see you. And you're like, oh, you must fuck off. <laughs> yeah, the last thing I want to do is my, um, when I'm really nervous and I'm only starting it is look down and see Margaret and Paddy and then oh, me ma as well. <laughs> Still now, there's, there's been some times when I've seen people, I'm just going, oh no. I was like, why are they there? Because in my, my first ever gig, I remember they really encourage you to like invite people and tell people because that's how the whole thing because the whole thing keeps going because people bring people mm-hmm. and I think I said I put up a post like the night before I left it for as long as possible and one of my mates was there and another mate's brother was there with his uh, girlfriend and even that was like a lot you know like I was just like oh my god and obviously I couldn't I was like well She's sitting there on the right, so I can't look at anyone on the right side of the room now. <laughs> um, you know, just there, kind of swinging your head around. But um, yeah, I really didn't want uh, people I knew to come. So, and then it kind of got to a weird point where people were like, "Would it be okay if we came?" I'm like, oh, "Yeah, it would be because." <laughs> But just don't tell me. Don't make yourself known. Wear yeah, a wig. Yeah, don't sit front. Like sit down the back, or you know. Uh, and then it's yeah, it's it actually is horrible. But like my my uh, my mom and dad have like seen me a few times, and I wouldn't care about them coming now. Mm. Like I say, not like not even all sorts, but you know what I mean. Just about like long term relationship kind of stuff, and you're there, you know making eyes at your dad while you're talking about your partner having his penis in his hand or something do you know what I mean it's like, uh, but I don't think there is a, a massive difference like obviously there's a, a stage version of me yeah I think they were shocked to see me they weren't shocked to hear that I was doing stand-up but then I think they were shocked to see like that it was kind of still going on and it was growing but I don't think any of them are shocked by the Emma on stage you know, and we obviously because they're my family, we probably all have a very similar sense of humor anyway. Yeah. So, but I've had like people sitting up the front, like, oh, like I had an ex, like I wouldn't even say an ex, but like, you know, somebody like I kind of hung around when I was 15. Yeah. We're just like, why are you sitting up the front? Because <laughs> he wants to know where you're going to mention him. He's literally like, do you remember me? We used to shout. <laughs> Wouldn't mention. I'm even. I'm even disgusted at myself that I'm bringing it up now. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and just you know, see like old school friends and stuff. You know, and it's yeah. funny because a lot of the time when people I knew started coming to gigs, it wasn't like your like your besties. Yes. Do you know, like, it was like people you were like, oh, hey, how did you get on after the confirmation? Like, what happened? <laughs> And which did you get? You never said in school, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> I find that though, even with a podcast, and you know, obviously you've got yours podcasts as well, so you probably know this too. It'll be someone like that who you went to school with who will share it or will message you, I love the episode, blah, blah. And then my best friends will be sitting across me and I'm like, so... <laughs> They're like, oh, you're still doing that? And I'm like, thanks, yeah, yeah, thanks, Will. <laughs> oh, no, totally, because they're like, no, you send me enough audios. I, yeah. I, you were sending me podcasts before you were doing ones. So I'm like, yeah, fair. 
Yeah, so the people you went to school with, who who knew that they'd be helping out your podcast? But there they are. <laughs> I know. I'll appreciate them all. All those people from the community school. I, I, you're hearing this. I love you. My own best friends. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. It's the, it's funny though when you were saying there um, about like the audience. I remember I used to work for uh, Tommy Tiernan on his TV show for um, a while, and we went to go to see Joanne. Joanne was going to come on and we were kind of we hadn't booked her at the time yet we'd kind of just like chatted on the phone and kind of talked will we will we won't oh, we yeah. oh this is well this is well back in the day then yeah well back in the day so she was kind of like she'd been go- going like doing comedy for quite a while but she wasn't obviously the level she's at now and stuff so we went yeah. to see her in the international she didn't know we were there and we went up afterwards and we're like oh hi was, you know this is us and she's like thanks be to god you didn't tell me because if I knew I had to perform to be funny for you to put me on the telly it would have been a completely different you know because she was like great on stage and it was great crack and stuff yeah. like that but like yeah I suppose if she'd known that the three people just sitting there watching her going is she funny enough to be on the telly <laughs> oh yeah god if someone comes in to see it They're like the best case scenario is that someone's coming to see you, you don't know you've had a deadly gig and they come up to you afterwards there's no better feeling but she's t- I can imagine well now if she, it was the weekend she was probably doing if you were doing like a weekend spot at that time she was probably like doing her good stuff it's just sometimes when you go to a club gig if it was during the week I'd be like oh Scarlett because you'd be doing you'd be trying out new stuff mm-hmm. and I mightn't even have it like formulated at all you know I'm just kind of saying it out loud and then I might go away and go, oh, there's something in that, but it'll end up being completely different. But yeah, if it was a weekend, she'd probably go. But sure, she, I feel like she could just say anything. She just had the stage presence. Yeah. She mortified some couple. I don't know how she figured it out, but she literally looked down and found there was maybe 35 people in the room. You know, that bar upstairs is so yeah. small. And there was just this two people sitting there and she just knew they were on a first day. Like it was just hilarious and they weren't in the front row or anything like that she just was like you two and then that of course became the comedy for the next 10-15 minutes you know just slagging these two and I was like why would they admit it you know that's what I kept thinking they should have just pretended they were married or something but instead they were like yeah no we met on Tinder we're on a first date I was like oh you're just inviting yourself to be the the comedy now so many people go on first dates like you know first second third dates to comedy Mm. Yeah, you can't. You usually can't spot them fairly straight away. <laughs> That's one way to, I suppose, for you if you're on a date to know if the, if you should have another date. If they like how they react to this kind of scenario, yeah. if they're like, I've seen, I've seen comedians, they'll know who's on the first date because even you see people are in that venue in particular. Like the comedians can hear people coming in, right? So they're even kind of starting to. Not all the time, but if they're like, if they want to see who the crowd is, they'll be listening to see who's coming in. So you get it. Like if that couple were like, oh, no, I'll get them. No, no. no. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're less like, OK, there's no way they're living together. They're, <laughs> they're, they're just like straight out of therapy or whatever. But there was an MC before who used to pretend to guys on dates. They get their name from like the tickets and they're like, oh, Back at another crack at it, David. That's it. Keep <laughs> making out like as if this poor chap is in every other week with a new date. <laughs> the comedy. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, I would die. I would die. Too cruel. No, they would. They would then disclose. I don't know. I'm only messing, only slagging. But like, you know, that little moment where you're just like, imagine being the girl. So I'm saying, what the fuck's going on here? 
I feel like that well that happened to me but in like maybe this guy was trying to be a comedian I was at the cinema like oh years and years ago in Dundalk and I very rarely went to the cinema at the time and I went once or twice in the space of two months with two different people but they were very far apart and yeah. your man was like oh you're back again with a new fella and I was like oh my god <laughs> and of course he made it out like it was yesterday yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you hadn't been home to shower like <laughs> exactly I'm just like your man's actually outside he was at four o'clock and you're at seven so come on let's go oh I was mortified and like I, he didn't say anything else then I was just like so so if I see this lad again and he's on stage in Vicar Street I don't know what he was up to <laughs> yeah yeah oh my god Jesus obviously you'll remember all your videos and stuff now but like do you remember the one that kind of uh, during lockdown that went like made it I suppose made people start to follow you made people like got the more shares and stuff and kind of got you known try to think now I'd say it was probably the I did a video with my cousin who's uh, his name's Dan Dalton so any of my videos that look nice he's done them he's super talented but I got asked during lockdown if I would do some sketches for um, comic relief and I was like, I contacted him. Obviously, we're about like kind of not really doing much. And I did, I don't know, maybe four sketches with him or something like that. And they had me waiting and while the show was on TV to hear if one of my sketches would end up getting used. Oh, so you didn't know? I didn't know. Oh, that's so weird. I wasn't even getting, like, it was for comic relief. So I wasn't even get, getting paid for this. I was just, like, dying to have one, because I was really happy with them. Dying to have it on. And uh, it didn't happen. I think, um, what's his name? Chris O'Dade and his wife, Dawn Porter, yeah, stole the fucking limelight. God's sake, Chris, you're already famous enough as it is. You don't need it. You're just doing that for shits and giggles. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm sure you're doing it for charity, Chris, but like, fuck off. Anyway, (laughs) I had the sketches and I was like, oh, that's a bit of a downer buzz. And um, I posted them. And then I think the one that went crazy was at this one called uh, Mad, isn't it? So it was just that thing of um, during lockdown where you get into conversations with people and you wouldn't know where to go with them. And everyone just went, it's mad, isn't it? It's just mad. Because there was nothing to be said. Yeah. Me doing all these different scenarios. And it, there's like, God, I'm really going to describe it now. Anyway, I put it up and it a flew and I think as well I put up on Twitter and I'm not really like a Twitter person I don't really I kind of post and go so I posted it up there and didn't look at it and it had exploded on well for my level anyway it had mm. kind of it exploded and then I remember saying to my cousin what was your man's name who plays Frodo Baggins oh um is it Elijah Wood Elijah Wood yeah yeah as I remember, I was starting to have a look and I was like, oh my God. And I said to him, I was like, Elisha Woods shared the video. And he was like, well, well, because he was like, oh my God. And I was like, well, I don't know. I know. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'd say that was probably one that just, or like uh, to the extent that people would say it to me. Yeah. And people still say it to me now. Like nothing to do with me, like nothing to do with me, might I add. No profits my way, but there was like t-shirts. Um, it's mad, isn't it? And stuff. Yeah. 
Oh my god! I know you got nothing now. If it's people are like, "Ah, oh, this is because of them," and then you're like, "Well, I'm getting no bloody money." And stuff, and I was like, "No." <laughs> so yeah, I'd say that was bored, and I yeah, I just knew by like people were sending me like, "Oh, I kind of this is gonna cringe." I this make me cringe to just say this, but um, fan art, fan art. Yeah. No way. Whereas I would feel that would more happen to like YouTube people. Yeah. I'd never like experience like fan art or whatever. And I was like, oh, deadly. Or like people would have said to me, oh, you should do another Mad Isn't It for this, that, or the other. And I was just like, no, I don't usually do follow ups or part twos or try not to, unless I'm really dying to, unless I'm really like, Gotten to do it, or if I if I had more that I didn't get to film on the day or something like that, because I think sometimes you just gotta accept that something is just it just whatever it is. It's like um, the stars align in that moment. Yeah, you know, you just post at the right time and the right person shares it in the first. If Elijah Wood is sharing it, you're doing pretty well now. I have to say. Oh, well, uh, it was just great to be able to tell my cousin because I was so disappointed that I didn't get on TV because mm. then as well, it would have been like, you know, I suppose a TV credit or whatever. Like, this is like, this is the world of lockdown. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, you had most people that were in, uh, well, a lot of people, and especially people who were in any sort of like creative or thing, they were just like, well, I don't have a job anymore. You know, so like it was um, any little bit of like positivity mm-hmm. coming your way, you were pretty happy to uh, get it. But I'd say there probably was, uh, no, I'd say that was one. And then even I think kind of after the fact, because at the time um, I was like, oh, well, I better put this up before it's dated. Mm-hmm. And so it didn't happen. <laughs> You're like, well, the lockdown could be over any minute now. Here we are. Yeah, somebody shared it a year later and they're like, I can't believe this is still relevant. I was like, oh my God. It must be weird going into a lockdown and you're, you know, someone who works a day job and does stand up in the evening and is trying to, you know, slowly get onto the next bigger venue and, you know, a a little bit more money. And then you come out on the other side and you're like, I can quit my job. I can do this all the time. And I'm getting stand-up shows. I'm getting calls by TV. That must be really weird, vacuum weird in this time. It is It is weird, yeah. But I think that's... I, I do believe, like, with these things, like, if you stick with it long enough, mm-hmm. you will get something will... Like, I always said to myself, I was like, as long as I felt like each year I was kind of, like, progressing... Like I wasn't, I was never going to stop. I couldn't have stopped. I'm totally like, you know, addicted. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, as a stand up, everyone has this chat every so often. They're like, I'm, I'm actually saying, well, I'm giving, I, honestly, I'm just giving up. It's not worth it. And of course, it isn't worth it. <laughs> but you're addicted <laughs> doing it. But um, I suppose, yeah, it is weird. But then uh, at the same time, you know the way if you're doing that kind of thing, there's all this stuff happening in the background mm-hmm. where you're getting like glimmers of hope, but it doesn't like doesn't like reach the finish line. But, you know, like there's pilots, there's auditions for um, 
lovely presenting gigs where you're like, maybe I'm a presenter. <laughs> okay. Um, that doesn't happen. And, you know, you, you just, you get little bits along the way to keep you going. And it's all kind of uh, building up. What's the word? Momentum. Yeah. Or increment incrementally, but you don't notice it. Yeah. Kind of like, you know, um, you might be doing a gig, uh, I don't know, one weekend or something. And you're just like, oh, this, this fucking place, whatever. And then you're like, well, hang on. Like, you know, three years ago, you would have like, you know, thrown your own granny off a bus to get a gig to, you know, to be on this lineup. Yeah. And here you are like, but so it's always that thing of like, once you get something, you just move on to the, the next thing. And of course, like you're just living your life. And I mean, I was whacking out a few babies as well and like buying a gaff and all that. So you're just like, like everyone, you're just taking along and then you're like, oh, oh, that's happening now. That's great. Potentially you're on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. You know, you're constantly, you have your little, you know, you have your little uh, night in with a bottle and you're there burning the ear off your partner, boring the bejesus out and going, no, I think like that went really well. I'm really fucking delighted about that. And then by the time Monday rolls around, you're like, okay, well, what's next? <laughs> you're like, well, he's going to work, you know, starts at whatever time and you're sitting at home going, oh God, now I have to come up with some, something else and I have to get another gig. What the hell? You're just like, I'm so happy. Better go and get milk and bread. You're like, well, that's yeah. the end of that. You know what I mean? So like you have a little buzz for a few moments and then uh, that's it. You know, like it's it's totally, it, you move on. Um, Like, yeah, like everyone, but every so often you would say to yourself, you say, oh, like, um, I'm glad I stuck it out. But like, I mean, I'd fuck all else going on. <laughs> Are you telling me you don't want to rush back to those admin jobs? <laughs> this is it like I just oh my god and then I had like the years where I'm my two boys there uh, nine and seven so I'd like the fog years where I was kind of at home with them and I was doing like little bits of part time and I was gigging as well um, to like try and keep it going you know and I uh, I used to even back then though even like when I wasn't really earning much money from stand up at all it was having an impact on the decisions I was making for like what jobs I would do or whatever. So I kind of, I think I probably knew somewhere in the back of my head, like I had a job to, I always had a job like to get money, but I certainly wasn't building, I wasn't trying to build a career outside of uh, stand-up. Hmm. I have no interest in that because, um, yeah, I'm just absolutely no interest in that. Uh, so yeah, but it's, I I always say though, like if I was chatting to a friend in stand up and they were like, oh, which is you know a usual thing and stuff like, oh, it's all a pile of shite or like, what am I even doing? And you know, what's like Ireland is so small or whatever. For everyone, I think that every stage that you're at, you're always just like looking to move forward. Mm-hmm. Like now, I don't know if it's kind of a weekly thing, but I would imagine like. Beyonce has moments where she's at home going, what the fuck am I going to do now? <laughs> <laughs> what am I going to do? I have to do something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you, can, you can visibly see Madonna's brain ticking, going, what am I going to do? I need something now. I need to like, because you kind of wonder like someone like her, 
how, how, what has she left to like? Yeah. She's obviously still trying to like beat her own records that she probably set in the first place. And you know what I mean? So mm. uh, I thought, look, it's all stupid anyway, isn't it? What's the point? <laughs> well, the point is, as well as for you guys, is to make us laugh, which is something that's, you know, very much needed, especially, you know, in the last few. Yeah, yeah. Stuff like that. But like, I can't imagine if my ma got up now and decided, you know, She's working her day job, and then she's like, you know, I'm going off. I'm going to go do a bit of stand up with that mic down the road. I would be like, yeah, get down. <laughs> so like, what would, especially your daughter? Like, what was she like when you said, "Come here, let's do this." Yeah. Well, I don't know. I'm like, um, I've never asked her. <laughs> I should probably ask her. How would you feel about all this? But um, when I went and did stand up, so she was ten, but I had been doing sketches already. And so I I did sketches with uh, mates of mine who I grew up with after that kind of doing the uh, show reel or whatever. And um, yeah, because my, my mate, Laura Green, I was like, come on, Laura, get back into the acting. She's like, oh, I have a job now. I, I, I just thought everyone wanted to like, you know, get into acting and like, Whoa. but so then um, I was trying to make sketches myself. I'm like, I have no technical abilities whatsoever. But uh, she's in loads of like the early sketches, like really early, early sketches. And she's like, uh, maybe eight, eight, maybe eight, nine or whatever. And, you know, I'd say, do you want to be in this sketch? And she'd be like, yeah, okay. Or even now, I still, I still like in recent years, I've gotten her into things. And um so yeah, I think she always knew, and yeah, I don't think it bothers her. Like my sons have absolutely no interest whatsoever. Um, yeah, they've now. Well, now I mean, in terms of like stand up, yeah, the odd thing. I don't know. Like there might be the odd ad on TV, like say when we're doing the sketch show or the odd newspaper article where you know, like my dad will drop in. Oh, you're in the paper today or whatever. Like only four I might never have any idea about anything. And you show it to the boys and they'll be like, oh. And then they're like, everyone moves on with their day. <laughs> yeah. Unless you're going to be in like a new Xbox game or something, they're probably like no interest. Yeah, I think they'd be, I think they'd be probably even more impressed if I was like a YouTuber or something. Right. Unboxing, taking out. Here's what I got today. Yeah, but you'd see exactly. Then I'd have to like be actually doing stuff on YouTube that would interest them. Yeah, I'd probably have to be gaming with a headset. I mean, yeah. Sometimes I watch it with them and I'm just, just like, I sorry, I can you just watch this on your own? Like we have the parental lock. I'm just like, best of luck. <laughs> but um no, I don't think any I don't think any of them care. No. Well, you know, they're probably, I suppose, well, your daughter's at an age now where she's grown up with and the boys are just probably like too young for even understanding maybe what even it means or anything like that. But I think I suppose if you grow up with it, it's a different thing than if it suddenly happened. She's never said anything to me. Has she? No, she's never said anything to me. Oh, please don't say that about me. And like, Mm. I don't think it's it's that kind of thing. No. Sometimes showing her sketches, because sometimes I'll do a sketch while she's out and she'll come in. I'm like, oh, have a look at this. Because there is this little moment where you are in love with a sketch before you share it. Mm. It's a secret moment where you own the sketch and no one else has seen it. Mm. I was very, very concerned in that moment. It's hilarious. And sometimes I'll show her and I go, what do you think of that? And a couple of times she'll be listening. I don't get it. I was like, <laughs> 
how it affect you know it affects me i was like shit because when she really likes something i'm just like oh yeah i thought that was good yeah cool cool um so uh, yeah so i think she's never said anything and then i'm hoping that with the boys that they'll be old enough that they'll never remember a different time yeah you know so i don't think but they're they don't they don't strike me as they're definitely um out there themselves as a little personalities already they're not i can see already that they're not uh conformists or whatever because neither one of them are into football at all and they haven't even pretended. <laughs> you know, I think sometimes boys in particular, they they try and pretend for a little while because it's socially easier or whatever. And he's just like, no. Like they're interested in the World Cup because, you know, they wanted to see who would get knocked out and all that kind of stuff. But I think that's probably more of an interest in geography than actual football. <laughs> but um, yes, yeah, so I think that I think that'd be fine. I don't think I'm saying anything too crazy, but I don't know. No, like I saw you when you were supporting Joanne in Vicar Street and it's more kind of your observations as um, like as being a mom as opposed to nearly about them. It's more like what it's like being a mom and wanting to go out and nights out and all that kind of crack as opposed to like my son the other day did this, this, this and this and like an embarrassing yeah. them in that way. Yeah, there's like there's a there's a few uh, bits and bobs in there and a few stories and whatever. But uh, no, I don't. Yeah, I'm not. Don't think about it. <laughs> Don't get me thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, anyway. I love how close though you and your daughter are because I know she's doing um his family with you um next in, over Christmas. Um but like you guys I know you mentioned like you know being a single mom and being a young person with a kid, like it's incredible that he's created that bond of, you know, before you met your partner and you know, having that and it plays through because you do the podcast together and obviously and you and I want the TV together. So like there's a bond there that maybe some teenagers mightn't have with their mom at this age. They might be just like, oh, moms are so embarrassing. Yeah. I think a lot of time when I've met people who have been uh, single parents, um, in particular, like if it's kind of been like an only child, hmm. there is a very strong uh, bond that happens there like so like um I, t- I saw something like i was gonna say i read something the other day like a literal instagram it was something about how uh the oldest child like grows up with you and sees everything or whatever like that's like so true because when i had her i d- then, like, you know, obviously she doesn't remember because it was only like a week or so later. I did my leaving cert, but like I went to college and then I got a job and, and um, I moved out of my mom and dad's house. And like we moved in with uh, Shane, my partner. And then, you know, she was old enough then when I was having babies again to kind of really see the whole thing. So I feel like we've been on um, such... Uh, I'm always reluctant to use the word journey, but I mean, I think that's, we'll use the journey for that one. We've just been on um, through so much together. And I don't even mean that in the kind of like, oh, the tough times or whatever. I just mean, it's been, it's been a long road. Like she's 20 next year. And um, I can't, I can't believe it. So, and you know, she is just, um, she's just a really nice person person in fairness like I've been lucky she's just a really reasonable human being mm. 
where obviously like any anybody and especially when you live together we'd have moments where I mean sometimes her, her eyes are rolling so much I'm like is she having a stroke or something <laughs> I'm like yeah, no, it's just me but um, yeah for the most part we get on we're very similar but we're very different as well which probably helps mm. most times in families people lock heads it's when they're too alike isn't yeah it? So, yeah, she, I mean, she's been very, she went from being an only child and then having two younger brothers, you know, and there was those years where they, you'd, she wanted to like lock her door because they'd be trying to get in and all her stuff. And, and she's just, she's, she's great. I'm kind of like, because um, I remember, as a, well, not last year, but when she did her leaving cert and she got like the full marks. And she, but basically, she got what she wanted to do in college, and she's really happy doing what she's doing. And uh, she, you know, has a part time job, and she has her friends, and she just seems really happy. Now, I was, I was due the period, I'll be honest, but I did have a little cry. I was just like, oh, I'm just delighted that she's happy, and mm. um, like, don't like she's not obviously moving out anytime soon. Um, but. <laughs> I'm just happy that it's all kind of that she's happy yeah a, that would have been a weird moment for you knowing like I suppose the parallels there going like that me at her age to my leaving cert she was you know she was being born and now I'm seeing her and she's going off into the world and see, you know you must be in this weird parallel but such pride as well just go and look at her she's yeah exactly what she wants yeah it's funny because sometimes I'd be saying to Shane I'd be like I don't get me wrong now she's very like responsible or whatever but I'd be like She's going out again. I was like, she's going out again. He's like, yeah, she's 19. Emma. That's what 19 year olds do. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, they do. I, was like, <laughs> I don't have, I didn't have that experience as a 19 year old. No. I was just like, oh, yeah. I was like, of course, that makes total sense now. Yeah, that's what she should be doing. <laughs> Which means she doesn't have to sit home and, you know, get bottles ready and changing nappies at 19. I'm like she's very like you know she's out it's not like she'd be flaking on college or you know what I mean she's all like she's very organised probably she's out again huh <laughs> so uh, yeah there's there's a, an adjustment because all of it, for ages and I think I'd say for lots of parents lockdown made it feel even longer mm-hmm. there is a period where they're like teens like in school teens it seems like it's never ending and then there's that thing of like, basically, the second they finish school, they're they're adults. Mm-hmm. That that like that's it. It is really so. I think like lockdown li- lifted because there was still when she was starting college, there was still a question of was it all she didn't know at the time anyway if they were actually going to be going into the classroom. So it was like she was kind of a teenager at home, always at home, and then all of a sudden she was like out and about, and, and I was like, yeah. Okay. So I think doing the podcast with her was me trying to kind of like reel her back in or whatever. <laughs> it's kind of uh, it's quite a sporadic because I don't want it to be like a um a bit like a business or mm-hmm. like, oh, do you want um ads or something? No. I don't, I just want to keep it like that there's no pressure. So if it's like, oh, will we do an episode now? Yeah, we will. Yeah. Rather than it being more uh commercial thing or whatever yeah a job for her that she's nearly like oh yeah, not the arse doing it this week because we got like um interviewed about it a few times where i think people kind of thought it was like an unusual idea mm. but, um 
which I didn't like do any like PR for it or anything. I think it's just people saw it on Instagram because I was like, oh God, are people going to think like I got the P like, let's do, let's do the launch. Let's do the <laughs> PR pull. Yeah. Uh, sure. I was like, no, because I said when, when we got asked to do things, it was so funny. I said to her, I was like, oh, Ireland AM want to know if you want to come. I was like, totally your shout. I was like, if you want to or not. And she's like, yeah, yeah. She's like, yeah. She's like, well, yeah, go on. I'll go on Ireland AM. I was like, all right, fair play to And then I was like, um, RT Radio 1 want to do a thing on Saturday morning. And she's like, nah. <laughs> Radio 1's not cool when you're 19. She's like, nah. It was, just like, it was Saturday morning, you know what I mean? I was like... Lion or talk to Miriam. Mm, I'm going to go with Lion. She's <laughs> like, nah. But she thought, oh yeah, I'd like to go and see what, like, you know, Ireland I am. I want to see what that's all about or whatever. But yeah, so it's not like, um, it's not like a career. Thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's and did, did she take any convincing to do a fit family? She, you know, she's very, she's very, she's such an obedient daughter. I was having a real hard time getting people because I said it to my brothers, both of who who are like relatively fit, mm. and they were like, "Give us a show when it's goggle box." <laughs> they would not do it. They're like, "We're a goggle box family. We're not an <laughs> family." <laughs> people, people were saying to me, "They're like, how are you going to do it when you don't have a teenage son?" Because you know the way it's usually just like middle-aged mothers getting dragged through muck. Yeah. Constantly. Obviously, <laughs> mothers who are absolutely exhausted. <laughs> and then they've got two 17-year-old sons who are like slurring it down and they just basically yeah, yeah, win it for them. <laughs> and one of the coaches is shouting, go back for your mom, go back for your <laughs> So I was like, oh, so she wasn't, uh, we basically, all we did was, because I actually, just typical, like a lot of people, I was really fit during lockdown. Mm-hmm. I, actually gone to, I was actually going to the gym before lockdown with Ella for maybe a year. And we kept it going during lockdown. I went and got like barbells and everything. Then I did get a bit obsessed with it. Anyway, but then I moved house. I totally lost the momentum then because I didn't have like a spare room for the stuff. And you know what I mean? I just, I'd quit my job. So my, all my routine changed. So I completely got out of it. And then I got asked to do Alice's family. I was like, oh, fuck. What will I do? And we were like, we'll just try. We was like, we only have a month. We're just trying like up our cardio. Oh God, I kept getting injured every fucking five seconds. And at the time as well, you see a friend of mine was really, really sick and we were doing fundraisers for her. Mm. So I was kind of like, do you know, I'm just going to say yes to this. It might be an opportunity to get her some money. But then uh, Canteen was like one of her charities because she'd had cancer a good few times and she first got it when she was a teenager. Mm. And her funeral was the day before. So it was all a bit crazy, but I was, you know, I was so glad to do it. And it was a lovely thing to be saying to all the girls. Oh, yeah, her name is Kira. Like, oh, God, Kira gets such a laugh out of this now, wouldn't she? Um, Like me 
doing Ireland's Greatest Family. <laughs> there was loads of um, there was loads of articles about her in the newspaper at the time. Kira Barry was her name. Oh yeah, I chatted to um, I chatted to her actually. Yeah, I chatted to Kira. So that was kind of like initially. So I was like, oh sure, it'd be funny to do. But that was kind of what was in my head because it was all like there was a WhatsApp group, like a fundraising WhatsApp group of everyone mm-hmm. trying to think of like, you know, things you could do or whatever. Yeah. And uh, I was like, oh, then as it went through, I was like, I won't be able to do it for her phone because it's not like an official charity. Mm-hmm. I was like, it might be good then, like when it's all done and I can say, you know, canteen or Kira or, you know, whatever. But um, so it was only the day before. So and I, <laughs> it was a crazy weekend because like I'd done electric picnic gone to the funeral and then I was doing this so by the time it came around I was just like I'm just bringing the vape I was like I'm just bringing the <laughs> <laughs> I'm going at that stage being like I'm bringing the heroin or something Jesus yeah, Christ no, you've been yeah. through so much but I was so surprised I rocked up all the crew are lovely uh, and everyone and it's lovely but I see Blonnet and Glenda and Tyg obviously but like they're all like I went up like in a hack. I literally rolled out of bed, did two French plats, and I was like, Grant, good to go. Ella was the same, gave her a knock on the door. They all looked like immaculate. They all looked like athlete, athletes. And I literally did grab the producer by its collar and say, what the fuck's going on here? You, t- <laughs> you tell me this was a bit of a laugh. I was like, this is not. I'm sure Blodid and Tyke had been on Ultimate Hell Week thing. Oh, so they had, they were super fit by then. This was nothing. They were just back off that. And I was just like, oh, fuck. But it was, I have to say, it was a great laugh. Did laugh all day. And, but I think people probably knew, because it was me and Ella, and then my auntie, who was in her 60s. <laughs> and my, yeah, I know, we're actually going for the win. But then my cousin was is actually, um, like personal trainer so he is very fit but I mean there's only so many people he can drag at one time but me and Ella kind of got all giddy and we were like we're, no we were like it's fine we're going to psych them out psychologically so like when we went up to find out who our coach was and we were coming back down the hill and then it was like oh who's who's your coach and we were just like the best one I was like we wouldn't give anything away <laughs> and we just thought it was so funny because we were like, oh, we're clearly like, you know, not athletes. But then we're like, we actually might be coming off as kind of standoffish. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't let everyone else in on the joke, you know what I mean? But um, yeah, it was very funny, I have to say. Funny. I'm dying to see it. I love Fit Family because I love sitting there eating a bag of Kit Kats and on the couch in me snuddy and then me thinking that I am like, oh. I could probably do that. No, and full well, I couldn't, and I'll never be tested on it. But judging people as they fall in the mud. Well, when you see me, you I know you'll go and check your remote. It's like, why is this going in slammer? And you're like, oh, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I could feel myself getting slower and slower. But the thing is, I actually wasn't even that unfit at the time. No, it wasn't fit. I've actually gone back to the gym now, and I'm getting fit again. But I definitely was like I was like I could run a 5k mm-hmm. that's like the level I was at you know what I mean so I wasn't like it wasn't like shocker I did try to prepare it. my whole thing was I didn't want to get sick and I didn't want to collapse yeah and you just don't want to make a show yourself yeah I don't want to be like <laughs> nee, nah, nee, nah. like everyone just like 
worried faces. My auntie, though, actually did have a fall. Christ almighty. At the little warm-up thing, she rolled off a hay bale and I got up on a wall and I looked over and all I could see was my auntie on the ground like a, a turtle. And I was so oh, Jesus. Oh, my God. So she actually had to get physio after she had a bruised rib. <sighs> and then, oh, yeah, because everyone else took it really seriously because my aunt, it was a relay thing. Yeah. My auntie went first. Now, in fairness, she was doing the relay and she was against all these, like, you know, men. In right. Thirties. They all completely lapped her, right? But I was watching her. I was like, she's definitely injured, but she's really like old school. Like, no, no, don't worry about it. No, you, you keep, keep going. I'll catch up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was like, no, she's definitely, I could see by the way she was holding her body. So by the time it came around for me to go, I was like, well, I can't make this up. Do you know what I mean? I was like, but I'm just going to do it, obviously. I'm going, there's this little bit, you jump down, you go through the water. I'm going through the water, it's like a net above your head. And I feel something tugging on my jersey. I'm just like, what the fuck is that? I feel this tugging. And I just go like this to like try and move whatever it is out of the way. I move my hand and I'm clawing Glenda Gilson in the face. (laughs) You can't really move your head because the helmet, you've got like the GoPro. Yeah. And I've got like this and I hear her say something like fuck off <laughs> I didn't know it was somebody pulling me lies you were like come here you you're too good looking in this mode get away <laughs> <laughs> and anyway she got out and of course she ran off <laughs> yeah. it was like like twice my height and she's incredibly fit and I mean not that it helps or it makes me odd but she's completely gorgeous anyway so I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe I clawed Glenda Gilson in the face. But I didn't get to uh, I didn't get to apologize to her after. Well, no, I wouldn't apologize to her. I would have <laughs> explained. <laughs> and I would have asked her, why was she pulling my top? <laughs> why were you trying to submerge me into the water, Glenda? You were <laughs> lapping me like give a girl a break. So, um, yeah. So I'm not, I'm dread, like I actually don't think I'll watch it like I'm dreading it oh I love it I just love how it's like when I watch How Week I sit there the most judgmental bastard ever knowing I couldn't do two minutes the people on Hell Week who get off the bus and give up that's me so if it was Fittest Family that thing where you have to run up that travelator hill I don't know if it's in the sled version as well but Jesus Christ, I would be at the bottom. I'd be dead. I'd just be like, oh, I give up. Yeah, but you know what? Like, there's fish and then there's just, like, insa- like insanity. So I, like, because I watch it because, like, it is, like, it is a great family show. And, like, I don't know how I'm going to, how I'm going to cope with my son. <laughs> I did emphasize, though, I think, oh, no, Arwen's different. It's just for charity. It's a bit of fun. It's fun. <laughs> Try to plant the seed in their brain, but uh, haven't seen. It. And then, like we went around, and looked at the whole thing as well, mm-hmm. like you know, bits that you weren't doing. I mean, those families have to be obsessed with fitness for a year minute. They have to be working towards getting on that show for a year minimum. I would say. Yeah. In fact, I was watching them. You know, like say when they do one event and then they go on to the next one. I'm like, even that, and even the fact like of how fit they're going to be, how much training and whatever they're going to be doing before. 
And you know the one where they stand against the wall? I'd be happy to get a minute. <laughs> there's, there's 12 year olds doing that for like an hour and a half. Oh, so I remember seeing one where you had to like hang your arms off something. And this young fellow was like 16 and he was like 20 minutes. I was like, are you joking me? I lift three dumbbells, three kilo dumbbells in the gym by eight reps. I'm like, I'm going to die. This needs to end. <laughs> this lad's swinging from a big rock. No bother to him. I hear. No. But you know what? I've decided now I'm going to get fit. I'm going to take the year. I'm going to get fit and I'm just going to shock everybody. <laughs> Uh, go back on it next year and then suddenly be like last year Emma did this and all, a recap of all your bad bits and then you come along like a gazelle beating them all oh, I need another lockdown like I'm so fit there's now one to see it I was like what a waste of time I should have I should have just been eating the crisps and drinking like everybody else was I don't know why I was losing my mind getting into fitness anyway, I'm on it now um, yeah, you're on it now. The show's over. <laughs> I know. Typical. Typical. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm, let's say it's great, though, to do it for, for a charity that actually means a lot. To you. Like, obviously, all the people that are doing it for different yeah. charities, and I know a few of them are doing it for, like, mental health charities and stuff, but when it's actually, like, a personal thing as well, that's really cool, and to do something in Kira's memory, and but, like, yeah. something, as you say, she'd enjoy laughing at you as well. I think she, yeah, I was like, you know, she'd enjoy laughing. And I was like, because uh, she had been involved with Canteen for several years, and she was a nurse as well. She has a huge family. She, I mean, when I went to her hen, it's the biggest hen and the most fun hen. We, she had to get a double-decker bus. Like she literally has so many friends just because she knew, like, apart from the fact that she's like a deadly person, but she just knew so many people. And um, with the, her GoFundMe, Canteen was one of the charities that, like, if there's money left over or whatever, yeah, go back to Canteen and then her other charity. And so I was like, yeah, and my thing was, I was like, she got a great laugh out of it. And as well, I thought for any of her family or friends, if they happen to be watching and they hear that it's for Canteen and it's for Kira, I was like, do you know what? That might just be a nice thing. Mm-hmm. And even like the other day, we had our Christmas girls um, like party or, you know, dinner. And Kira's husband, Paddy, had done these um, coasters for us all in resin from the flowers from the funeral. Oh, yeah, and then, oh, I don't think I have it there, but like one of the girls, her daughter, oh yeah, one of the girls, her daughter made all these little bracelets with Kira on them for us. Oh, that's so lovely. You know, so I just, yeah, I was just kind of in that mind, I was like, that'd be nice. But in fairness, I didn't think when I signed up for it that she wouldn't be around. Yeah. You know, that's the thing. So I thought like, because at the time, and you see, she'd always like pulled through. Mm-hmm. The, you know, and you know the way with things like that happen, it's it's just very quickly that people yeah. kind of go downhill and they're, that's it. Like, they're not coming back. So I really, yeah, I really didn't think that she wouldn't be around. Yeah, I remember interviewing her um, and she, it was when the GoFundMe was was quite early and already had raised like, I don't know, like 30 or 40 grand. Like it was doing yeah. incredible and there was so many fundraisers kind of starting to be like announced and stuff like that. And she was really positive about everything, you know, and she, about the, you know, the treatments, the possibilities that if they raise the money and everything yeah. like that. And and then I kind of, it was really weird. Then I 
I realized how many people I knew knew her and I didn't know her personally. I just knew her from interviewing her. But then suddenly like friends of mine were sharing my friend Kira at like fundraisers. And I was like, this is, you know, insanely like weirdly connected. It just shows again, Dublin, how small it is. But, um, and then I heard that she passed away. I was just like, oh my God, that girl had like so much love around her and also had, you know, so like people were really invested in getting that getting her the help and everything and the and the fun she really kind of even people that she didn't know she clearly touched a lot of people yeah oh yeah like she had like uh i mean i know it sounds yeah it probably sounds like uh cheesy but like she really just everyone who met her really like became her friend mm-hmm. and she had that ability to when you were like anyone who was with her felt like they were really good friends with her. Yeah. And that's how she would talk about everybody. And she was so like, I remember her husband was saying like, she'd done a lot of um, work with people, like talking to people about like, you know, childhood cancer and like the treatments and, you know, how it could be improved and, you know, like the care Mm -hmm. and stuff. And she'd done a lot of that kind of work behind the scenes, but she'd never she would never talk about her own like achievements and you know, all that kind of stuff. So um, I think, yeah, people were overwhelmed by the impact that it had, but I don't, I really don't think anybody was shocked. Yeah. You know, like they really weren't and like her, even her, uh, family because it's like a, a big family you know somebody in the area like oh I know her older sister yeah. or younger sister whatever um, just really uh, lovely people and her own she like lost her own mom a few years ago and she was just like oh, for fuck's sake um, but yeah we all really thought it was going to be a goer because Kira uh, researched the treatment herself mm-hmm. and uh she was she like that was her like because uh she was like now I want to if this is a chance for me to live I want to give it a go so then everyone I think when when she had a plan then everyone was like oh okay yeah she knows so much about cancer and whatever so I think we all just kind of assumed oh this one will be a bit harder but once we get her to Florida and whatever. Mm-hmm. It'll all, you know, so. And when something like that happens, all you want to do is help, and there's no yeah. real way to help. So any her giving you that outlet of going, this is what I need, and then going, where you're like, okay, I can help raise money. That that's great, like way of, you know, getting involved because like it's so much of sitting around going, what can I do? What can I do? How can I make this horrible situation anyway better? You are, you love if there's actually something you can do. Like I remember some of us were laughing afterwards. We were like, oh, she was definitely giving us busy work. You get away with your tears now. Yeah. Stop crying and go and, um, you know, put this on Instagram and get me a few hundred euro. Come on, off you go. Like if, you know, the money would get like passed on to the other charities anyway. Do you know what I mean? So she probably knew us better to keep them all busy now than, you know, whatever. Um. So, yeah, uh, I'm absolutely gutted that she won't get to watch it because I think she definitely would be laughing. <laughs> I'll laugh for her. I'll, I'll, I'll doubly laugh for her. 
It really would because uh, her sister lived quite close to me, so I used to kind of sometimes just like bump into her in the local park. She'd be with nieces and nephews and stuff, and the odd time she might see me like jogging. She said, "What are you?" Because <laughs> <laughs> she she couldn't um, exercise, you see, because of her lungs from like you know um, previous illnesses or whatever. But um, I know she was a gas. She really was a gas bitch, like and like. She'd listen to this podcast now. Should I mean send me send me a voice note about it or whatever? So yeah, it's just shite. But so I was kind of like, it was nice to have. Even though obviously I knew I was going to do shite, it was nice <laughs> to know. In my head. I was like, well, at least I'll have something now, even for turning up. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. No, so, and I'm sure anyone knows who's like done, you know, like doing the coffee mornings or doing any of that kind of stuff it's like effort it's like you know it's a lot of effort to raise cash so yeah especially now nobody has any money so like if RT are saying to you just for turning up and even if you do shy you're going to get money that can go towards your this charity yeah you're like I'm, I'm willing to do it to to, to in her legacy in her name yeah that's what that's what I thought so I was like because then the other day when they were like kind of saying like oh like the show's coming up I was thinking about it and I was like uh, you know like the, the bits where they kind of introduce you to your coach and like what's your charity I was like oh I'm sure on those bits I sound like a mentor yeah. you know like canteen and like um, young people with cancer so, but I think it was just because obviously the funeral was the day before and you're just like uh, I'm just going to rattle this out now so I don't start like crying or something you know what I mean yeah kind of make it all real awkward for you know what I mean because it's like it's a bit close to home at that time yeah it's a light entertainment kind of family TV show like <laughs> and then you feel like am I like trying it, does this look now like I'm trying to manipulate these other people into like oh we better let her get ahead there <laughs> Glenda falling at the last hurdle and going, go on. Yeah, they literally would have had to like start making themselves a chicken fillet roll and a cup of tea and just let me kind of pass by them. But um, so I probably do sound a bit, um, I don't know what the word would be, frazzled maybe or something. I don't know. Maybe I don't. Maybe it's all in my head. But I was just conscious of like um, just saying my little bit about the charity and then just kind of moving on because like it was very awful. Like obviously it was very raw. You know what I mean? Yeah. God, I don't know. Like fair play to you for doing it and everything. And I know you were doing it for her. So like we'll put a, I'll put a little thing at the end of the episode where people can donate as well. Like, you know, how to text oh, yeah, and donate. That'd be great. Yeah. Yeah, of course. No, Jesus, anything like, you know, it's great charity and like, you know, it's yeah. cost nothing to say like, well, people can text from credit and stuff like that. Like, you know what I mean? So, yeah. um, or put the details and all that kind of stuff on it. But well, hopefully, you know, you'll raise a good bit of money and give everyone a good laugh. <laughs> It'll be a laugh. It'll be a laugh. I know that for certain anyway. I can't wait to see your auntie and this spectacular, <laughs> this spectacular ball. She's going to get everyone and you bunch and lend in the face. It'll be very riveting. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're busy. You've got your two podcasts. You're, you're, I'm assuming you have shows coming up next year as well. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going on tour next year. Um, I am. I'm doing my first Vicar Street, first solo Vicar Street. So that's in April. And then I'm uh, a tour. Um, there's a few like dates in like the Civic in uh, Tala and the Pavilion. and But then there's one like I'm doing the Everyman in Cork and going to Galway. 
So I'm going to have me crimp out, but then Mammy is going to be plugging her tour. <laughs> Uh, it's it'll be great. I like I as I said I saw you in Vicar Street before Joanne and it was great. And that's I don't know I don't know what she's getting there. Like fifteen minutes is it? Twenty minutes? Oh yeah. So the support does like about twenty twenty five. Yeah. And then you'd have your break, and then she goes on for like about an hour, hour and ten. Mm-hmm. Depends on the person. So I do about an hour and ten, fifteen. Depends on the night because sometimes somebody starts talking to you or whatever. Um. So yeah, that's that's the crack. That's what I'm doing now. So um, I'm kind of avoiding that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to the shows. I'm just like, I bet I like do a bit of pure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, this has been the perfect time. It's Christmas. People, all the men haven't started the Christmas shopping yet, yeah. so they're I'm literally going to do it now. Big surge on Christmas Eve. For <laughs> yeah, that's what you do. You start plugging it on the 23rd because all the men do the shopping the next day, and it's a Saturday as well. So they'll all be like, yeah. I don't want to go to fucking Grafton Street. <laughs> well, and in fairness, like, have you ever seen, I was kind of like, ah, uh, like, you know, it's a bit of a myth or whatever. And then I remember seeing a jeweler's on Christmas Eve and it was just full of men just going, yeah. I don't fucking want to wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And if you even go like Moore Street or like the, the flower shops outside the Westbury in town, you yeah. just see, there's nothing left because men are like, I don't know, I've got my mother to get one. <laughs> 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 flowers, I know. <laughs> I just I go I can't bear going into town half the time at Christmas, let alone Christmas Eve. I'm like, no. I did I did it during lockdown and it was like everything was closed. And I was like, oh, it's wonderful being in town at Christmas, but like not oh, now. I heard somebody said they were saying to me, What 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 do you do over Christmas? And I was just like, I sit. They were talking about oh, we go here and we go there and then we go into town. I'm just like, good for you. I don't. And I'm like terrible at Christmas presents everybody I know I literally just hold a gun into their face and just like tell me what you want <laughs> and give me the link my dad in particular like he doesn't have any hobbies <laughs> cigarettes is about his hobby he doesn't play <laughs> golf you know he doesn't drink in fairness to him he reads but like he reads uh, like you know it's kind of his civil American Civil War books and like so we're not talking light and fluffy do you know what I mean no Here's a book about a load of people dying. 500 people died. Here, Dad, have a Christmas. Yeah, yeah, I know. And then you'd be like, oh, no, I've, I've read that before. But it was, mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I just, I will, I'll be doing a bit of panic buying myself now. Shite, absolute shite. Here's some tickets to see me in Vicar Street. <laughs> <laughs> I might do, yeah. I might, yeah. Is that too much? Yeah. <laughs> It might be to the kids, but to everyone else might be fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Imagine, imagine like for each auntie in the like the Christmas card now. You just sit and watch yeah. in the face. Get another one for the person you're going with. So yeah. also there are the seats down the back. Don't think you're getting the front row ones. No, you're down the back. <laughs> oh yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, it's only down the back left, so it's grand. Yeah, maybe I'll do that just to get the last of them cleared. But sure. No, I'll wait and see how this. <laughs> Well, you've given it a plug now. This will be out this weekend before Fit Family. And you might get some after Fit Family because people might actually also be like, there's there's your one. Sure, look, when's she playing next? Jesus Christ. I'm like, honest, when I'm not joking, I'm saying I'm dreading it. And I made the mistake as well. You know, like just little things where they give you a bag of... Uh, the You know, the family tracksuit or whatever. Mm. And... Um, I was like, uh, yeah, uh, great. And there's different, like, there's shorts in it and whatever. And they've got the, you know, the long armor things. Mm. And I was like, me and Ella were like, should we wear the long armor? 
And then we're like, no, we're like, let's just do the shorts. No fake tan. Not a drop of fake tan. And now I'm kind of like, not a, drop, not a drop of makeup on me. And I was never sending it to a mate. I was like, I thought you just rocked up looking like bag of shite. And they're like, no, Emma. <laughs> like, not a drop. And like, I've got, you know, like, I'm not white. I'm transparent. Like, I'm purple. White. Oh, God. You know the way they say the camera adds 10 pounds? It probably also adds shades of white. <laughs> You're even whiter than you are. <laughs> I'm going to look like a heifer. Like, I will look like a fucking heifer. Oh, you won't. You'll just be, you look natural and people are like that more. Yeah, yeah. I look very much myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you've heard that, then, you know, you turn up with the lashes all done and, you know, the nails. That's what I thought. I thought, no, don't be going up with makeup on. I was like, that's stupid. And then I was like, if you put on eye makeup, the worst thing then is that you'll have eye makeup down mm-hmm. your face. And I was just like, oh, nobody likes that. And they don't, this is the thing they don't tell you. Maraid's there with her makeup artist, checking her lips, check, like giving her a little bit of chapstick. And you're like, could I actually get a little bit of that? Or like, what's the story here? Oh my gosh! Well, I'm excited. Now you've you've sold it to me. Now, if I wasn't planning to watch it, you've made us all. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not exaggerating in the slightest. I can tell you that. Anyway, anyway we're all still alive, so that's fine. Thank, Thank you, you my dear. Well, have a brilliant Christmas. Yeah, you too. And uh, hopefully, I'll see you in person next time soon. Yeah, yeah. And thanks for letting me now waffle on about Kira because I was like, I did feel like I was going to cry there. It's just you know the way talking to somebody who like you don't know about yeah. like. But anyway, that's thanks. No. Thanks for a therapy session now, let's be fair. There you go. Free therapy for you. Well, yeah, All right, you talk you to you soon. Bye. 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 That was the wonderful Emma Doran there. And of course, you heard that she is doing Ireland's Fitz Families for her friend Kira Barry, who passed away, and her charity will be Canteen Charity. If you want to help Emma raise some much needed funds, you can go onto their um, website, which is canteen.ie or just a very simple way of doing a donation now is just sending the word canteen to 50300 and that will send two euro for them. That That's how much it costs you and that can give them two euro actually towards their fundraising. So you can donate more, obviously, if you go onto the website. But if you just kind of have a bit of extra credit and you're like, I can't really afford to give more, that is one way to do it. So that's amazing. And also, if you... Um, are someone who's going through cancer or you know you relate to someone who's young going through cancer do log on to canteen.ie and there's loads of information there about what they do how they can help um, and it's yeah it's, they're a great charity and Emma obviously wanted to do this in memory of Kira. I think it's a fantastic way to do it and if you search Kira's name you'll hear about what a wonderful person she was and how many people she helped over the years and all the trials she had to go through and yet she kept a very very positive outlook so it's incredible and I think the nicest thing you could do today would be to donate in her memory Um, as I said this is the last episode before Christmas so I'm going to wish you all a very happy happy Christmas Nulig Hunnigwich and I hope you all have amazing Christmas New Year's the whole lot open up the tins of celebrations the quality street get real lazy don't leave the house wear pyjamas for four days in a row Oh, it's going to be fantastic. Fantastic. And hopefully it'll be nice and cold so we'll have an excuse why we can't leave the house. 
all right so we get nice and chibi over the next few days um anyway i hope you have a brilliant one thank you for all your support in 2022 if you've listened to this episode is your first time hey it's still 2022 and you're still supporting me but anyone who has helped with um listen a share a like a follow um a nice comment underneath the post um anything like that you've been incredible to me and I really appreciate it um, running a podcast a small podcast is really hard work and every time somebody does something like that it means the world to me so can I just say that from me you're incredible people and I love you all and I hope you have an amazing amazing Christmas and New Year and I'll see you in 2023 Slán.